Hey, Mary. Yes, Katie. Why do sharks swim in seawater? Oh, um, to find seamen? <laughs> okay. Is that it? No, I love that one. <laughs> <laughs> because if they swam in pepper water, they would sneeze. Oh. <laughs> Now, it's not really a pirate <laughs> joke, but it's one of my daughter's favorite jokes. And she, like, literally believes that, like, pepper water exists somewhere because she's oh. like, well, but where's the pepper water? And oh, I'm like, cutie. honey, there oh, is no goodness. pepper water. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. Thank you so much for sharing that with me. You're welcome. Hello and welcome to the Gentleman Pirates Library, a podcast covering every episode of the HBO show Our Flag Means Death. I'm Katie. And I'm Mary. And today we'll be taking a deep dive into episode 9, Act of Grace, or the one where Izzy gets treated the way he likes and deserves, the crew stands up for their captain, and Black Bonnet made me lose my fucking mind. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but first, let's have a look at the results of our Twitter poll. This week, we asked you, what do you think would be the hardest discipline in the Calico Olympics? <laughs> I love that, Calico Olympics. I like it too. I'm like, oh. The options were whippies, yardies, coconut throw, and crab fights. <laughs> we have a pretty clear winner with whippies at 55.1%. Probably because of the enthusiasm with which Blackbeard enjoyed the whippies. <laughs> Oh, he did enjoy the whippies, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. The second uh, <laughs> most popular answer was Yardies, which, in my opinion, sounds like the hardest one. Honestly. Just yeah. yeah, just because I would simply not be able to jump from <laughs> the right. whatever that's called. And, you know, basically, like, I would be Roach. What happened yeah. to Roach? That would be me. Uh, so Yardies with 30.6%, followed by Crab Fights at 10.2%, and Coconut Throw at 4.1%. Yeah, coconuts, that, that doesn't sound like any fun to get hit with a coconut, so no. Well, I think you. the fun is in throwing the coconut. True, true. <laughs> that's very I true. think that's where the fun is. And although it depends who you are, I'm pretty sure Izzy would have liked the receiving of the coconut throw. But anyway... <laughs> Probably. Yeah, Are we would. ready to dive into this episode? I think so. As we usually do, Katie, I wanted to ask you if you had any general thoughts and impressions about the episode before we jump in. Oh, so many thoughts. So many thoughts. <laughs> um, I think, so it took me a really hard time to kind of come to grips with this episode. And I think where I landed was that this is... Romeo and Juliet, but for adults. Oh, I see. Because Romeo and Juliet were children. They didn't have any demons of their past haunting them. They could have this pure love and nothing mattered except for them. Mm -hmm. They had no responsibilities. They had no skeletons in their closet. But Steed and Ed are adults. And unfortunately, yeah. Steed has been burying his guilt for a long time. Mm-hmm. Just like Ed in the bathtub, Steed doesn't feel like he's a good person. When he's mm -hmm. confronted with what he's done, he 
completely breaks down and thinks he's a horrible person. So if you don't feel like you're a good person, sometimes your guilt doesn't allow you to move forward into happiness. It kind of sabotages you. Exactly. And Steed very much doesn't feel like he deserves any sort of happiness. Mm -hmm. In this situation, Ed is much more at ease with his past. Like Steed has helped him work through that. Like we saw that happen. Mm -hmm. But Steed hasn't worked through anything. He's just been shoving Mm -hmm. it down. And Ed has decided that Steed is his priority and nothing else matters because he was confronted with Steed's death and he has worked through his past and he's like, okay, he's the only one that matters. Just keeping him alive matters. Keeping him with me matters. And Steed's not quite there yet. He isn't. And there's, you know, there's a lot of reasons why, which we'll get into as we work through the episode. I do appreciate, though, that this episode was all about payoff. Um, yes. Cause I know when we, cause we watched it together and we were messaging on discord mm-hmm. and like, I could tell that it was a difficult episode for you to watch. Whereas I yes. was like, Oh no, this is great. Like, not yeah. gr- but like great narratively, obviously like not like no, great. And I was as, totally in my feelings. Like, I don't want yeah. it. No, yeah. never mind. <laughs> <laughs> and that's totally fine. Like, I think, I think that's designed specifically to get that emotional reaction out mm-hmm. of people, which is like, which means it worked great. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just like so much that happens that connects back to different parts of the series. And I think that this is just how you see or where you see how well crafted the story really was. And yes, in that sense, I, I, I loved episode nine mm-hmm. uh, because everything is in the subtext, um, except for, you know, the romantic love, which is mm-hmm. in the text explicit. <laughs> yes. And I loved it. Yes. Um, so yeah, I, I really appreciated this episode, even though it didn't really lead exactly where I wanted it to. So, right. Yeah. I don't really, um, consume media very deeply, especially when I first consume it. Like I feel the feelings that they want me to feel. Mm-hmm. I had reservations yeah. about doing this podcast. I was like, I don't think deeply enough about all this stuff. <laughs> like, that's why I had to tap you. Because I was like, she thinks deeply about it. I really don't. So it's fine. But like, later, I'll read more stuff and be like, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, this is great. Mm-hmm. But when I first consume it, like, just like Steed was upset with Blackbeard about Calico Jack. I was very upset with Blackbeard about Calico Jack, you know, Mm -hmm. and the way he was acting. And the same thing here. I'm very upset with Steed, the way he's acting. Of course. I understand why, Mm -hmm. but I'm still extremely upset by it. Yeah. No, for sure. For sure. And I I completely get that. Again, like, and I guess we'll talk about that later, but I think that if Steed hadn't done that, he would never have been able to be truly happy with Ed. It's, and that's, a great point. I mean, it, it had to happen. There's a process that yeah. it has to go through, but yeah, exactly. it's just really hard to watch oh, the process. Yeah, unfold. definitely. Yeah. And that's kind of what, and the same way that like, and, and that's the thing, like, that's why I'm saying it links back because mm-hmm. Ed left with Calico Jack, right? Mm-hmm. But he would have always wondered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What if, if he hadn't done it? Yeah. And now he doesn't. And that's why he's so focused on Steed. Like he was about to leave in that episode, whether it was with Calico Jack or with, with, or, or even before, like he just wanted to like peace. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He did the work. He's, he's worked through his feelings. He's in a much different place than Steed is. Exactly. And we have, I guess we need the grace to let Steed get there too. Mm -hmm. I I think so. I think so. Because he's been (laughs) offering grace so often. Yes. Right. Yeah, that's my, true. My 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 little love. I love him so much. <laughs> I just want to put him in my pocket. I know. I love him. 
Well, we open on Frenchie and the Swede being interrogated, which was lovely because Frenchie gets to see his flag all covered in blood and he seems really proud. <laughs> He's like, <"S> fucking badass. <laughs> and then he claims they claim not to speak English. They're like, oh, yeah, I don't I don't speak English. You can't interrogate me. And Swede's like, yeah, me too. I don't speak English either. <laughs> yeah, I thought that that was incredibly smart. And especially yes. that it comes from Frenchie right away. Oh, He's so you know, smart. Like, yeah, exactly. Because again, well, he knows he knows how these things work. Yes. Frenchie is, sometimes he's the comic relief, like we're going to see later that he kind of like biffs the whole, I'm going to throw the journal overboard. So <laughs> oh. I really like seeing when he's, when he plays things really well. Let's mm-hmm. see. So Black Pete, I love, so they cycle through the crew being interrogated and I love <laughs> everyone's reaction. Everyone is really in character. Black yes. Pete says, I didn't even realize there was piracy happening. Oh, Black Pete. He's <laughs> always looking for like, oh, I didn't know. Yeah. Oh, He does like, that just, later in the episode too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then Roach says, uh, I don't know anything about any of this or any of the people involved. Like He's like, I am not snitching. You can't make me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and Alawande is like the most sincere. He's mm-hmm. like... He's being truthful. He's like, well, like the captain isn't that strong a swordsman or a seaman or anything, to be honest. Like, it's like, oh, one day, shut up. Yeah. (laughs) But he's just sincere. He's like, they caught us. They know what the hell's going on. Like, let's just tell them the truth and hope for the best. Well, there you go. I find that even in his truth telling, which can seem like hurtful to Steed, Mm -hmm. he's also protecting him and protecting them, right? To kind of say, well, like... Nothing we did was that bad. It's, right, you know, exactly. We weren't even a competent crew. Like, what do, you, what do you want from us? Yeah. Just a little bit of fuckery here and there. <laughs> yeah. Not enough for three English ships to come exactly. down upon us for over this shit. So, yeah, yeah. I think he's kind of calling out the, the, uh, the disproportionate response to this, which yeah. I think is a theme that comes back with, uh, with badminton. Yeah. So then Lucius says, I'm a strong reader slash writer. So both double threat in case you're hiring after all of this. So Lucius is just mm-hmm. like, this is over. I got to find my next gig. Lucius is applying for another job. <laughs> it's great. And, you know, honestly, of all the crew, he's the one that could actually fit in with the English Navy a little bit mm-hmm. more just because of he's not a person of color and he seems to have come from some sort of background and he can mm-hmm. read and write. So, yeah, he's playing up his privilege at this point. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, I gotta keep myself alive. <laughs> well, it, again, it makes me wonder about his background because why right. isn't he on a navy ship instead right. of on a pirate ship? Yeah, right. Like, I we still don't have those answers. Oh, I'd love to know. Yeah, me too. So now we cut to Steed being interrogated, and he sees Nigel with like the the sword through his eye instead of Chauncey at first. So mm-hmm. again, having those hallucinations of this person he quote unquote killed. Yeah. <laughs> Which he's denying that he even saw Nigel. He's like, oh, no, no. Well, so the fact I think that we see badminton again, you yes. know, like we, we had noticed in previous episodes that it was a manifestation of Steed's guilt, particularly mm-hmm. when it comes to leaving his family behind. And I think that yeah. that's really important, obviously, in this episode. Mm-hmm. So, of course, on the surface, there's guilt about, you know, him accidentally killing Nigel. But mm-hmm. as we're going to see, the guilt and the shame runs much deeper than that. Yeah. Chauncey says that he got this information from witnesses to his murder. So I'm assuming those are the hostages who we see. Yeah, they're back. (laughs) 
yeah, they're back. They're they're all healthy. Looking yeah. looking great. So then we cut to the crew. Lucius is hiding Steed's journal under a shirt. I love oh. Black Pete and Lucius. He's like, babe, sweetie. <laughs> he keeps calling him these terms of endearment. It's so cute. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they're probably and, afraid, right, for their lives. And so like Yeah. That like was really interesting watching the crew this entire episode that they were on the deck with the English Navy, they didn't seem too worried about their own lives. They were like the peanut gallery, you know, like mm-hmm. cheering and booing and doing all this stuff. And I'm like, honey, aren't you all coming up next? Like what's going on? <laughs> well, I think so from the, from the research that I've done for this show, it sounds like whenever a pirate ship gets, uh, would get, you know, stopped or whatever, Mm -hmm. there would be the option for people to be pardoned, but that would be heavily dependent on how their captain would react. Um, so I believe that to a certain degree, the crew is like, we have very little power over how this is going to go. Might as well enjoy it. (laughs) Right. I think so. And like the reality, again, the other reality is that like they're next in the sense that like, it's very highly likely that they would just get executed without even being offered a pardon. Right. And maybe they know something about Izzy taking over before it's revealed. You yeah, know, maybe, maybe they're a little bit more comfortable, like, well, he's going to be our captain now, whatever. At least we're alive, so, right? Yes. At least we yeah. can stay alive. But this was interesting. So <laughs> Frenchie's like, you know, I'll, I'll throw it overboard. Don't worry. Trust. Yeah, I'm really good at this sort of espionage. <laughs> and asks Roach to go distract them. So he walks up to this young Englishman and the guy says, of course, What's your problem, Darky? And I'm like, mm. went, okay, punch him. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, he yeah, deserves for it. Sure. So Roach just hauls off and slaps him across the face and he, he goes <laughs> running. And I'm like, you could have gotten Roach killed. What the hell? Yeah. But, you know, I guess he chose to do that distraction. So, mm-hmm. Well, again, to, I, I suppose to try and save their lives a little bit. Yes. Right? Like yeah, yeah. this is... Um, yeah, they're all in this together in a way that Steed is not really, right? Like... It's, it's yeah. his situation is a bit different from theirs and they need to stick together. Yeah. And Roach has always seemed kind of wild. Like remember in the pilot, he's the one who sewed his own arm back on and stuff oh, yeah, like that. So true. he's always just kind of like, yeah, let's do oh, it. You know? Yeah. I love him. <laughs> Frenchie immediately biffs it and trips and falls. And the book literally falls at the feet of one of the English Navy men. I thought that this was so strange because like, I find yes. that we've been so conditioned to see Frenchie as extremely competent throughout yeah, the series. And yeah. I know that like, he says those silly things about the crystal and the knives and the witches and whatnot, but like, yes, you know, he was so competent, um, on the French ship. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, that the fact that like he stumbles and falls and, and gives it up, like it, it just, it was so surprising to me. Yeah. Yeah, although it was honestly, it was really worth it just to hear Frenchie try to convince the guy that he was writing Steve Bonnet fan fiction, <laughs> which really is what this entire show is, like Steve Bonnet fan fiction. Let's be very clear. Oh, my God. So I have to say that earlier when Lucius said, I'm a great reader slash writer, I was like, oh, he said slash writer. What a fun little bit of subtext thrown in yes. there. Maybe like a little nod to fan fiction. And on any yeah. other show... We would have dined on that little juicy crumb for months, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But two scenes later, they're literally talking about fan fiction. Like, I know. I should have trusted that this show, amongst all others, would have wouldn't have had me like scraping the crumbs off the floor. They like served me a whole damn meal. I was like, no, right. no, no, fan fiction. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. okay, they're thanks. like it's 
fan fiction. Yeah. <laughs> it's, ri- it's written to sound like a journal. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love that so much. And he's like, it's fan fiction. It says a true journal of the life and happenings of Steve Bonnet. And he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. I wanted it. It's like a marketing hook. I wanted it to sound real. <laughs> it's just so meta to me like because that's you know that's what the show is doing and like that's what he's saying he's doing like I just honestly that was a little juicy bit that I loved it was great yeah so I'm willing to forgive the fact that I felt it weird for Frenchie to to stumble but whatever like yeah it gave me this (laughs) I'm okay with it so now we have Chauncey having the journal and he's reading where Steed has documented the fake murder of Nigel, because he didn't actually mm-hmm. kill him like that. Mm-hmm. Well, I find it really telling that he embellished that yeah. part or romanticized. I'm not sure mm-hmm. which one it is, because it yeah, sort of confirms what we were thinking about him being an unreliable narrator when he's yes. remembering his previous experience, his previous experiences with his family. Yeah, yeah, it's right? true. And so yeah, it's, it's interesting like, to see. Right. And again, like it, it leads back to fan fiction. Like, is it his fan fiction about himself? You know what I mean? Like, is it right? The person he's wanted to be forsaken all others. And exactly. Now the bills come due. So Mm -hmm. Chauncey says it's too late. Blackbeard already confessed to the crime. Mm -hmm. And we cut to Chauncey talking to Blackbeard. Blackbeard is locked up in the brig and he says, yep, I killed the bastard, enjoyed it too. And he says, right, and what did he look like? And Blackbeard says, all of you, you all look the same, you know? <laughs> I mean, I loved it. I love that moment. Um, you know, just to kind of like Say it spell out it out, right? Yes. Spell it out for, for, for folks who may not have caught on. Like it's a play on white folks having trouble differentiating between different black people. Um, or even any person who is not white. So this was just a really lovely kind of subversion again from, from this show coming from Blackbeard from this indigenous character. Yes. And it's also, he's speaking to literally his twin brother. So yes, yes. There you go. Exactly. (laughs) So I mean like even that, but it doesn't, that doesn't detract from the, the implication of, of, like subverting the racist 100% line that's already said. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think it just makes it even funnier. Like it, it adds does. another layer it does. of it. He's like, well, see, you literally all do look the same. <laughs> <laughs> How can you be mad at me? About and they're this? all wearing the same clothes and they're yes. all wearing, like it's, it's, yeah, yes, it's, yes. it's also like kind of a, a play on conformity. Mm-hmm. I think like the conformity that the Navy required, obviously, um, yeah. and, and to talk about it as basically being oppressive. Well, and there's a reason for uniforms. They wanted people mm-hmm. to see them as the same person. They're like, yes. oh, if you're afraid of this one, you should be afraid of the other one exactly. too, because we're all mm-hmm. wearing the same uniform. Mm-hmm. And it just, yeah, it just reiterates all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he asks him, he's trying to get details to try to catch him. Like, oh, where'd you stab him? How'd you stab, you know, yeah. how'd you kill him? Mm-hmm. And he's just like, whatever, life is cheap, don't care. And um, But Steed refuses to let Blackbeard take the fall. Yeah. And he's deeply upset. He's crying, uh, just absolutely sobbing. And he's still taking credit for what was really an accident. Like, he could have said, this was just an accident. I hit him on the head, but he fell on his own sword. Blah, blah, blah. But he never, not once, tries to do that because he feels true guilt over this person dying mm-hmm. because of an action he started. Yeah, I think, yeah, you're right. I think that there's, there's that there's, 
you know, who would believe me? Like, there's just, it's all wrapped in fear, guilt, and all of that stuff. Like, of course, Chauncey wouldn't believe him. He already doesn't believe him when he says anything else than, like, that he killed him in cold blood. Not to mention, saying that would be besmirching his honor. Like, he Mm -hmm. would probably be even more angry if he insinuated he fell on his own sword. Yeah. Like, through, through an incompetence of his own. Yeah, I think he would be like, how dare you say that about my brother? Like, I'm even more angry at you now. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like it's, it's, I think there's a lot of reasons why he's not telling the truth here. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think also maybe in part, because I don't know that he really thinks that the, the exact truth of the, the moments leading up to his death matter. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They I don't. don't. Yeah. I agree. I have some thoughts because we have an, another flashback Oh, to yeah. to his his dad, to Steed's dad. Do you think I could yes. say a couple words yeah, about go that? Ahead. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you. So I I remember I remember wondering at the very beginning of the series about the specific goal of the flashbacks to his dad, mm-hmm. particularly yeah. to his dad. And kind of like seeing them and I had my ideas, but I just I was kind of like wondering about when that was gonna kick in, right? And seeing mm-hmm. them again now, I really think that it's to show that Steed has lost the confidence that he'd been building over the last few episodes Mm -hmm. that he believes that he can only be the thing that he never wanted to be, which is like this rich boy or, you know, like this man married to a woman with children, like stuck wherever he is. Mm -hmm. Um, and that there are simply no other options for him in life. And I think that it's a way to show his imposter syndrome and his hopelessness in this moment. Yeah. Like he doesn't think that he is worthy of Ed lying for him. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, Chauncey is parroting the lines of he's never, you know, he's never going to be anything but a spoiled rich boy. Yeah. And later on, he says it even more Mm -hmm. that he, he breaks everything around him. Oh yeah. 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 Oh, so many thoughts about that. Oh Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah. And his dad is like the ultimate symbol of the society he's supposed to conform to Yeah, exactly. and how disappointed they are in him. Mm-hmm. And especially yeah. seeing as like so much of this show has been about masculinity. I think we're mm-hmm. seeing the kind of masculinity that Steed was passed down yeah. or the kind of ideas on masculinity that he was passed down, which are ideals that he can never live up to. Right. Yeah. I'd love to see Steed with his mother. I would love to see Steed with his mother as well. Mm, yeah. So we cut to the trial, uh, you know, a quote unquote trial yeah. where Chauncey is presiding. The two former hostages are standing on either side of him and he's got like a gavel and he's standing like one deck above, like looking down. Blackbeard is very blasé. Yeah. And at this point, like... I think he's kind of like, well, we're both going to die, so we might as well die together sort of thing. Like, yeah. there's nothing he can do about it. Mm-hmm. Um, because once he's out of his own dire situation, then it turns into save Steed at all costs. Right. But right now, he's like, well, let's die together. <laughs> you know, very Romeo and Juliet. Let's do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's like, oh, well, whatever. Like, if 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 we're going to die, we're going to die together, and it'll be fine. Right. And I've, I've also, right. so I just want to... Put a little something there because it's not a thought that comes from me. I would not have had this thought. It's something that Mm -hmm. I read on Twitter because I've seen some people say that the mise en scène in this particular moment looks like a wedding 
Oh, uh, you know, yeah, with yeah. Ed and Steed standing next to each other with people behind him and then Nigel mm-hmm. presiding over. It's not something that I would have gone to directly, mm-hmm. but I think that it's important to mention for another moment that happens moments later. Yes. Yeah. There's two more moments I'm thinking of that's very mm. wedding-like. Here's where they find out that Izzy was working with the crown. <laughs> and formerly they knew that Cal- he had sent Calico Jack. So they might have thought that, yes, he sent Calico Jack, but like the English finding them wasn't, you know, wasn't mm-hmm. sent directly by Izzy. But now it's very clear that <laughs> since he's been given this role from the English Navy that he was very much working with the English Navy. Oh, he absolutely was. And (laughs) I just, I love that our listeners, if they've listened from the beginning, have seen me go from like completely, (laughs) um, just like not really caring that much about Izzy to like Mm -hmm. an absolute Izzy fangirl. And I, I, I think it's really funny because yeah. his little, like, you know, when they're like Izzy hands and like the camera pans to him or like goes to him, he's got mm-hmm. like this little hand gesture and like his face, like he's just kind of like looking in hope that like Ed is going to notice him. He's basically mm. like a schoolgirl with a crush. <laughs> he's like, hi, hi, Ed. I'm the one who saved hi, Edward. <laughs> <laughs> and Ed is not happy in that moment, right? Like we're, oh, we're making no. light of this because Izzy is hilarious, but like Ed is yes. not happy. Yes. And it's like, it's, it's like the Izzy thinks it's their getting back together moment. Like, Oh, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I, I did this for you. So you mm-hmm. will love me, right? You'll yeah. love me, right? <laughs> yeah. You rejected Calico Jack. It's because you love yes. me. Yes. Oh, so, but Ed turns to Steed and says he gave us up. Yeah. So this is him solidifying in his mind that Izzy is not to be trusted. Yeah, exactly. Steed is sentenced to death by firing squad. Blackbeard mm-hmm. says, we'll find a way out of this. Steed says, no, I deserve it. You know, yeah. it flashes to Nigel and to Mary. So very much um, thinking about the sense of yeah. his past, th- things he's exactly. done wrong. And I really feel like this is, this moment is the essence of this episode for Steed. Yes. You know, like it's, it's, there's both brilliant foreshadowing, but also like payoff because he's like, Mm -hmm. I deserve this. Like this is in his mind, this is the natural conclusion of this adventure. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. And I'm not saying that I agree with what he's thinking. It's just like, I think that that's the way he's thinking. Right. Um, You know, because he says like at some point in a man's life, he has to face the music for the things he's done and the people he's hurt. And he's not only thinking about Nigel Badminton, he's thinking about his Mm -hmm. family. And so like suffering, like he's thinking about atonement, essentially, like what does one need to do in order to atone for the things that he's done? Right. Yeah. I'm, I hate, I I just hate it on the surface. I get it. Because, Yeah. Um, it's like, well, why'd you leave in the first place if you're so haunted? But I guess he's like, well, I shouldn't, I guess I shouldn't have been so hopeful to think that I could get away with this kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. Right. I think, Actions have yeah. consequences. I think he left because at that point, like the instinct was stronger than his sense of guilt and his yeah. sense of duty. But now that he has given into the instincts a little bit more, mm-hmm. the sense of duty is coming back. 
Yeah. Um, and at the end of the day, I think that like, even though he didn't clearly like didn't romantically love Mary, he must've cared mm. about her in some way. Yeah. Uh, you know, he wasn't mean to her from the, from anything that we saw. Right. Um, he loved his children or he loves his children. So like right. there's true affection there too. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard for me to, and I guess he's also in a situation that he doesn't think he can get out of. So right. he's trying to be strong and say, mm -hmm. no, I deserve this um, because it, it's done. What can he say? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so he's being very stoic about it, but yeah, it's frustrating when he has someone next to him that could offer him more. But I guess in this situation, he, they can't at this point, mm -hmm. I guess I'm projecting a little bit to later on in the episode. Yeah. Well, I think it's also because like the two lives, like this, these two, the, yeah, these two lives are mutually exclusive, you yes. know, like in today's world, Steed could leave his wife and, mm. you know, take up with his boyfriend and still right. see his kids because of the specific things that we have in place in order for, right. you know, uh, shared custody to happen. Mm -hmm. But at the time, th if that happens, he can never go back. Right. Yeah. Right. Like it's, he has mm -hmm. to truly choose between these two things mm -hmm. between, you know, his, his passion and his duty. Yeah. Yeah. So he's being very stoic. But then we cut to guns cocking and he's blindfolded and he oh. is begging and crying for his life because oh. it's one thing to be brave, but then the moment reality hits, mm -hmm. he's, he's lost it. He's like, never mind. I don't, I don't want to be brave. Like I don't oh. want to die. Yeah. Oh, I it's know. awful. Oh, it is um, awful. I hated that moment. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh this oh, is just baby. too relatable. Like no, it is well, it not is. relatable, but just like, I don't know if I was about to, you know, if that, if I was in his shoes, I would probably be pooping myself, you know, like, right. it's just <laughs> like, yeah. 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 I mean, like it's, it's one thing to, to die suddenly. It's another thing to stand in front of something and realize you're going to die yeah, and exactly. counting down and yeah. he's blindfolded. So he just doesn't really, and he's, his hands are tied behind his back. He's so incredibly vulnerable in that moment, you know? Yes. Yeah. And the crew, oh my God, the crew. Well, the crew's not happy about this. The Swede puts his hands over his ears and yeah. everyone's just kind of looking down. Like they don't want to watch this. They don't yeah. want to see this happen. Mm -hmm. Ed looks frantic. Yeah. But then he's confronted by Izzy. <laughs> and Izzy <gasps> says, I know you're upset, but it was the only. And this is when Ed punches yeah. him. And, okay. and the crew's like, good, good punch. Good job, Captain. <laughs> like, I don't know if the crew is happier about Ed punching Izzy because of how much they love Steed or because of how much they hate Izzy. I think it's because they hate Izzy. <laughs> I don't know. I think, I think the two can coexist. <laughs> oh, they absolutely can. But that's the thing. I'm kind of wondering, like, yeah. how much of which one is which, you know? <laughs> well, and I think, I think they heard because they booed when they, when they said, that about Izzy. So like they heard that he gave them up too. Yeah. So exactly. he's like, you're the reason this is happening. Yep. Exactly. So Izzy says, that's fair. That's fair. Remember though, you said when you made me first mate above all else, loyalty to your captain. Mm -hmm. So Izzy still sees what he's done as loyal to Blackbeard. Yeah. Yeah. He does. Blackbeard does not see it that way. No, not at all. Yeah. Because no. if you, if you look at it on surface, Izzy's like, well, wait a minute, you're my captain. You're safe. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, they were going to go after him anyway. Yeah. So. At this point, like, we don't know where Spanish Jackie is. 
Yeah. In the sense that, like, they first got together with Spanish Jackie and Izzy in order, you know, for them to get revenge on Steed fucking Bonnet. But, Mm -hmm. like, Spanish Jackie is nowhere to be found. And we've heard her say in a past episode that, like, oh, well, whatever, you know, like, there's kind of this uh, detachment now that her and Jim have had a conversation. Because ultimately, what what did Steed do to her? She... He broke. Well, I mean, he broke jar. the nose jar. That's it. But like, I'm, I have a feeling that like she could eventually get past it. Sure, that's right? what I think. I think that maybe, maybe they didn't want to pay Leslie Jones to be on another episode. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> They're like, but, oh no, you're fine. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but I, I think you know if you think about it narratively, I think it shows that like maybe Spanish Jackie has let this go, but Izzy has not. Yes, yeah. Izzy cannot. Yeah. Is he yeah. loved being punched? Oh, yes, he did. He's like, do it again <laughs> with my balls. <laughs> oh god! You know that no, Izzy no. was gonna is gonna be really sad to find out that he lost. He missed out on this. <laughs> no, on this of, moment of whippies of Blackbeard, Calico Jack, and Izzy. No, <laughs> it's the perfect oh. thruple. Oh goodness. Wow. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> sorry. I totally no, derailed us here. We were doing so well. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. So um, Izzy says, you're my captain, and I was never going to stand by and let you destroy yourself for that twat. And this no. is the humane way of ending it. So again, pulling back to that whole, let's kill him while he's doing something he loves. Mm-hmm. Like, this is humane. They was going to do it during the fuckery. Well, again, and- kind of Izzy likening steed to a dog yes yeah right like this whole idea yeah Mm -hmm. exactly and yeah yeah, there's like this idea that like he's he's that steed is ed's dog right yeah well and there's a sense of inevitability too Mm -hmm. like you're going to have to get rid of him eventually let's Mm -hmm. do it this way right like that it's not an option of you sticking around forever and to ed it definitely is an option Mm -hmm. he's like no 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 like he's He's frantic. His eyes are just darting everywhere. He doesn't know what the hell to do. Izzy's kind of trying to justify it. He's watching them take aim. Mm -hmm. And he just shrieks out, act of grace. Yeah. I mean, he's figured it out. He's figured out a way to prolong their lives just a little bit longer, uh, to keep Steed safe a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. And he runs up, he actually puts himself in front of mm-hmm. Steed between yeah. the rifles and Steed and, and say it, say it, act of grace, say act of grace. And and the crew is yelling at them too. Yes, say act of grace. Oh. And, and Steed, you know, Steed starts to say it too. He's like, yeah, whatever they said, oh, <laughs> what, whatever stops this. Yeah. And it's just, this is the moment he's, he's desperate. Yeah. This is the moment that Ed chooses steed make sure it's his ultimate realization it's his last straw i mean he Mm -hmm. he didn't pull out act of grace when he thought they were both going to die yeah you know he thought they were going to die together he didn't want to live in a world where steed wasn't Mm. but this is the moment he's like i am all in here he is in the game for me like and this is where like the wedding imagery kind of comes back for me you know, yes. <clears throat> first with the whole like act of grace, like say something now or forever hold your peace kind of thing. Yeah. But then also like 
him taking off the white cloth off of Steed's eyes, like which mm. is reminiscent of like removing the veil off a bride. Yes. And I seem to understand again from conversations that I've seen that there was an extended sh- version of this scene where that is made even more explicit. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, can they, I see but they that decided scene? to. <laughs> yeah, they decided to extend it a little bit, or like originally it was shot a bit more extended, and they decided to cut it. And personally, I think it was specifically to tone down the wedding vibes, which again, narratively, I think makes a lot of sense. Like, I think it's a good narrative sure. decision. Of course, like my shipping heart would have wanted them <laughs> to put more of that, but sure. uh, I understand why they did it, and I, I, I think it makes a lot of sense with what's yeah. uh, with what's coming. I still just want to see it. I know. But I yeah. agree. But there is there. Are, you can find screenshots. You can find. I think you can oh, okay. see it. Yeah, because oh. I saw it in passing, and I was like, "Oh, interesting." When we're done recording this, I'm watching episode ten, and then I'm consuming all of the media, all of the meta. <laughs> I'm like just gonna go down a rabbit hole that I've had to keep myself from. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. And I think also this is gonna be interesting for us, like to do eventually, like a recap episode, mm-hmm. um, where we can bring in other points of views as well yeah. which would be interesting yeah. kind of coalesce our thoughts into yeah. like an overall theme yeah sure yeah so he lifts the veil from his face and steed looks so dashing with his hair it's a little bit more like swept back i'm like oh he looks amazing here which yeah. that's his real hair did you know that that's not a wig no way yeah i saw on twitter that leslie jones had said that that was his real hair and that was like the funniest thing about it all is that was his real hair wow <laughs> oh that's so cool yeah. i honestly like my heart is so soft for all the people on this show yeah I honestly like this whole cast like seems like people I would love to just like meet at a party, you know, like I'm not a party person, but I would just like love to meet them because they all seem like such stand up people. (laughs) Yes, they do. And they love this little show, like the little show now, not anymore. But, you know, when they first put it out, it was this it was their little show. Mm -hmm. And now everyone loves it. And I just love that they're getting that validation. Mm -hmm. And I love that they agreed to do a season two. Yes. I'm so excited. It's very exciting. Chauncey says that he's not a real pirate. Like, Mm -hmm. no, you can't, Mm -hmm. he can't have an act of grace, which, um, they cut to actually King George or whatever, making the act of grace. And this was a real thing. Yeah, absolutely. That the real historical steed bonnet and Blackbeard actually took. Yeah. I have, I have some, some notes about that. If you want to, do you want to talk about it now? Yeah, so both Blackbeard and Steed Bonnet, and I'm talking about the real historical people now, not uh, the mm-hmm. people, the beloved characters that we have on screen. Um, they both received a, ro- a royal pardon. Uh, so that is accurate. Uh, but it happened in June 1718. So mm-hmm. later than the setting of this episode, which we sort of estimated to be about October 1717. Yes. Uh, Blackbeard allowed Steed to go get pardoned. Like he allowed him to go sail Mm. to a specific place to go get his pardon. And then he took all of his crew and all of the loot, including Steed's (laughs) loot, and then went to get his own pardon. (laughs) They both ended up returning to piracy after that. Um, Mm. And then that ended with Steed getting executed, as we know, and Blackbeard dying in battle. Yes. Now, I also want to have a little word for Israel Hands, mm. our dear 17-year-old <laughs> Izzy, whose nickname was Basilica, not Izzy, mm-hmm. um, who was convicted and also pardoned. Mm-hmm. He gave up a bunch of people, didn't he? 
seems a little on brand. I, I honestly, I haven't read that, but it would seem he did get pardoned. So there would have been, I think all of them gave everyone up. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they're pirates. It's like, whatever. He was 17. Yeah, yeah. Like this is not like the love that we see on the crew of the revenge. This no, is so totally not. different. Yeah. No, no, no. Like, and that's the thing. Like you always had to be like on guard for, who was going to screw you over next? Kind of like what Calico mm-hmm. Jack said, right? Like, we're not friends. We're just in different stages of screwing each other over. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, this act of grace was a real thing. And then you became a privateer. And basically, you were still a pirate. You. It's. it's so privateers. And this is where. We on, talked about it before, I think. Yeah, we talked about it before. So there, the difference between privateers and pirates is that privateers basically wage war in the name of the king. So yes. they're they're attacking ships from nations with which their king is fighting. Yeah. So in the case of King George, it yes. was the Spanish at the time. So I guess it just matters um, on what, what you were seeking in the life of piracy. Mm-hmm. If you were just wanting to go out and be on the ocean and, you know and raid things like if that if that was your bag then you could still be a privateer and be happy but if your whole reason for pirating was because you didn't want anyone to tell you what to do mm-hmm. and you know you wanted to set your own course being a privateer might not have been what you wanted to do well so the thing is is like privateering is basically state sanctioned violence right um so the same way that like that might upset some people, but the same way that like police is state sanctioned violence, the same way that the military right. is state sanctioned violence and the same way that executions are state sanctioned violence. Yeah. Um, that's, that's what it was. And so, yeah, I can definitely, and you can see how Izzy is really upset about this. You know, you want to lick the King's boots. Like yeah, this yeah. is, this is seen basically as Ed, who is like this beacon of like rebellion and, yeah. um, yeah, rebellion, yeah. just kind of like sell out, essentially. Yeah, that's, that's, he's a sellout. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's that's the vibe I got is, oh, mm-hmm. you're a sellout now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it was really cute because um, did you notice that the, funny enough, the hostage, the the British officer who was the hostage, uh, the longest, who I guess ended up going with the Spanish Navy eventually yeah. after... <laughs> <laughs> after Steed was hung and Blackbeard rescued him, he seems relieved, very relieved when Steed calls out for an act of grace. He's like, oh, whew, I goodness. think he likes it. You know, he, he was trying really to help him. him. Like, yeah. it's... <laughs> now, the other one, the shorter one, he was the one who was sold to Izzy, who was the compromise. You know, he was the mm-hmm. one who was given to Izzy. Uh, he does not like him. And he makes a snide comment like, Oh, we, you know, this is the best outcome. We got Blackbeard to become, you know, yeah. uh, to renounce piracy. He's going to be dining with King George and Blackbeard mm-hmm. just kind of looks yeah. really uncomfortable with that. Like, Oh God, what did I do? Yeah. It was interesting to, to watch the hostages, the former hostages react to all of this. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, Chauncey starts flipping out and yeah. it's so funny because they're so willing to like arrest him. It was, mm-hmm. <laughs> he says, why do you, he was talking to the crew because Lucius stands up because he says he's not a real pirate and Lucius stands up and reads the, 
the entry that they made for yeah. a very flowery embellished entry entry into his journal about his first act of piracy, which was raiding mm-hmm. that fishing vessel in the pilot. Yeah. 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 And <laughs> he, he obtained vegetation and, and oh. Alawande stands up with this beautiful fern. It's so beautiful. It's green. It was dying in episode one. And Steed is just overjoyed. Like yeah. the entire crew is standing up for him and treating him like their captain. And Chauncey says, why do you all show such loyalty to this nothing? Hmm. And Steed says, I'd attribute it quite a lot to a people positive management style. <laughs> and he's so mad. Chauncey draws his sword and <laughs> Steed yeah. goes, calm down, Mr. Wavy Blade. <laughs> And Blackbeard goes, give it a break, mate. You're freaking us all out. <laughs> I love them so much. Yeah. And so uh, Steed says, Chauncey, sometimes when we get a bit angry, do you know what we do? We talk yeah. it through. And the whole crew says, as a crew. They're so cute. And again, this I is from the first it. episode too, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of... I love uh, it so much. I find that like... This episode connects to the rest of the series so well, so well. Like it shows how far everyone has gone or how stagnant everyone, like some, some characters have been. Right. Well, and you know, um, at the end of episode six, when I said like, there seems to be like a every three episode shift kind of thing. Yeah. The first three episodes was before they met Blackbeard. And then Mm -hmm. the second set of three episodes were basically um, Blackbeard and Izzy, yeah, on on the ship, and then mm-hmm. the next three episodes were Blackbeard and Ed together, like kind of like co captains, yeah. Um, which it doesn't really work out very well. And then I was hoping that episode ten would be like the epilogue. Mm-hmm. The last three didn't really work out in that format, I don't think, because there's still so much to be. <laughs> Yeah. But I think at the end, you know, I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to see because I yeah, was hoping we'll that see. my little we'll analogy see. would but work. I, but I, uh, you know, let's let's keep that in mind as we kind of go yeah. through. Um, maybe in our episode eleven post season yeah. one breakdown, maybe that'll be a little bit more apparent. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, the act of grace contract is presented to them again. <sighs> Marriage vibes because they're both signing the same contract. Yeah, and did you see? So before, like, we move on just very uh-huh. briefly because, like, this the naval officers end up attacking Chauncey, right? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, they arrest him. Essentially, yeah. they probably throw him in the same brig that that uh, Blackbeard was. was. Yeah, yeah. And like, this is a mutiny by any other name. And uh, yeah, I think that like, and again, like. There's going to be a very nice parallel to that a little bit later. But like, mm-hmm. I think this is a reminder that power is fragile, even yes. in these really well-established um, hierarchies. Yeah. Um, and the show is kind of reminding us of that. And Chauncey's crew would much rather get in the good graces of, of the king than kill Steed. Yes. Well, and the all it takes is the word of another one of the officers to say he lost his mind. He was... You know, he mm-hmm. was going nuts and he was yeah. going to hurt us too. So, yeah, exactly. But yeah, but he wasn't like he, once he killed Steed, he would have been fine. So yeah, they were just like, nah, well, you know let's what? take our it, opportunity to mutiny against him because yeah. we don't like him anyway. And I think, again, it shows that there's power in numbers. 
And, uh, you know, the Admiral is one person. They were a whole crew. If they choose to, they can absolutely mutiny. Yes. Yep. So they're presented with the Act of Grace contract um, by the two former hostages. And they said that it's only valid if they both sign it. And they're giving up 10 years to the crown. (laughs) Steed says... 10 human years? As opposed to what? <laughs> opposed is my to question. What, you little puppy. What what <laughs> human ye- Steed, I need an explanation need, for this. I love that. Oh I was like, God. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he's been he's been saying you're his pet for a long time, but you don't have to internalize it, dude. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> oh goodness. And they also make it clear that they'd be killed if they didn't sign it. So they're like, no, 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 you both have to sign it or we'll shoot you. Mm -hmm. And so at first they're like, oh, the fonts are different. Oh, this is how they get you. Here's the fine print. But did you notice like that's where all the tricks are? Like when, when, when Ed says that, and honestly, that could have been a Frenchie line. Yeah. Oh, it could have. Yes, totally. Totally. Right. So like, it's, it's really, it's interesting. Um, and then he signs with an X, though. So yeah. uh, kind of pointing out that possibly Ed can't read or write, but he was making comments about, like, I guess he's just been around enough to know, you know, mm-hmm. that's what that is. Like, well, but yeah. So for illiterate people, mm-hmm. um, they have, and I'm talking about like today, in today's society, yeah. they do develop tricks to know like yes. certain things, right? Like, so yeah. they understand certain, uh, signs. They might understand certain letters there. They might be able to string together a couple of things. Um, yeah. and, and they have to, they have to, in pass. order to function in society, they also like, they feel the need to have to hide the fact that they can't read or write. Yeah. And that might go through something like remarking on the size of the font. True. Instead of the content, content. right, of the contract. And I think that that's exactly what's happening. So to me, it's not that he possibly can't read or write. It's that he cannot read or write. Yeah, that's Um, that's a really good point. Because like... I think that that just reinforces how oppressed he's been his entire life. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. It makes total sense. Yeah, you're Mm -hmm. right. Interesting. So they sign. Izzy is very upset. Says he's going to be licking the king's boot. Yeah. But Steed is in charge also in that moment. He goes, we'll need a copy of this. And I... Yes. I really love how that dynamic between Ed and Steed can go like so quickly between one of them being in charge and then the yeah. other being in charge like yes. literally seconds before it was ed like intervening to make sure that they were going to be safe and then yes. in this moment it's steed intervening to make sure that they're going to be safe like i i think it shows like how well they can like figuratively dance together yes oh that's so beautiful Mm-hmm. Thank you. <sighs> That's so beautiful. That's true. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Really good partners. They balance each other really they well. They really do. And then they cut to a sign Royal Privateering Academy for Wayward Seamen. <laughs> yes. Okay. I need... Wayward Seamen. <laughs> I. Okay. I mean, it Listen. is a clear joke. They did this. Yes. <laughs> they did this to us. <laughs> right. Like, Wayward Seamen. So, first off, <laughs> lol because like haha semen but then (laughs) second like you and i can never escape the supernatural themes 
no 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 we cannot <laughs> it's just it's there right and and just yep. that also like because i look i tried to see if there was like such a thing as like privateering academy and no there's mm-hmm. there wasn't no. or like i mean unless i'm missing something but like i could not find any right <laughs> right ultimately they took their flag down and, and put their own flag up and says all right you answered us now basically yeah exactly <laughs> like that's what i mean you know yeah <laughs> i yeah. can't imagine that they would be institutionalizing this kind of stuff no and privateering itself it was probably they didn't wear uniforms no. i don't think like they didn't no. want them to because they wanted kind of plausible deniability if they if one of them went off the rails you'd be like oh mm-hmm. well that was that was a pirate I yeah, wasn't exactly. Ours, you know? <laughs> I mean, think of it as like private security companies that operate, yes. you know, overseas for a specific mm-hmm. government. That is literally what this is. Like, this is not yeah. what we're seeing today is not a new concept. You know, the yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm so trying to like bring myself back from like social and political commentary, <laughs> but like I, I can't. It's there. It's there. Yes. <laughs> so Steed and Ed are in line, getting checked in. Um, Steed wants to know what the plan for the escape is. And Ed's like, oh, he's very evasive. Let's just go with the flow. Mm. You're kind of seeing uh, the beginning of Ed saying, oh, no, no. Like, as long as Steed's next to me, I'm okay. Yeah. Oh. And he walks up to the table and he says, they say Edward Teach. And he says, Edward Teach, born on a beach. Which oh, my is God. so cute. What a cutie. Like, like it's it's interesting because again like we were just talking about how he's illiterate but like this is probably a little like nursery rhyme that like he would mm. I would have imagined he would have like been told or like said in school I don't know I don't yeah. know so maybe he just didn't go to school or or what mm. I don't know I well, I'm having the, trouble like making sense of maybe, this maybe told him a little story about when he was born you know yeah. and, and maybe he wasn't even born on a beach maybe his mom just said it because it maybe rhymed. i think either way yeah. it's very cute yeah steed walks up and finds out he's been reported dead by mary mm-hmm. so why would a woman report her husband <laughs> dead when she's not sure because uh she actually gets rights she actually becomes a person oh i did a little bit of research about this so oh. Reporting him dead probably affords her more rights. Like widows were granted more rights than unwed women because first you're your father's property. Yeah. Then you're your husband's property. Yeah. And one, then once they died, you could actually take up a trade. You could remarry. You could remain a widow and keep their money. You're so right. So honestly, what did he freaking expect? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like she can now be her own person. You know, this yeah. is really interesting because I didn't think of that right away. I thought that it was because she wanted to remarry, but um, mm. that makes so much sense. And I can't believe that I didn't think about that because I literally had <laughs> a whole university class on like the rights of women. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and that's very true. And oftentimes when women became widows and they were romantically pursued by other men, mm-hmm. uh, they would have affairs or like, you know, just basically have romantic connections with, with these men without getting remarried because then they would lose rights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so uh, there were entire pieces of literature that were created around widowed women who were basically living their best lives. Yeah. What makes you wonder um, if they were, if they like killed their husband 
could they not keep those? I guess they'd go to prison. But it's like, you're not really incentivizing them to not murder their husband. I mean, listen, <laughs> listen. Um, this there's, there's a reason why... <laughs> You know, there's this trope of the woman poisoning her husband, yeah, right? Like right. there's, there's a reason why. And that's to be taken up with the home team. Because again, if women had had rights from the get go, perhaps they wouldn't feel the need to poison their husbands. You don't want us to poison. I love it. <laughs> taken up with the home team. I love it's, you. It's, you know, you know how a lot of the time we talk about how patriarchy hurts men and yes. that is entirely true. And for some reason, some, some bad faith actors will kind of like turn it around and be like, oh, well, women, women are terrible. But when you actually dig at it a little bit, like it's, it's a lot of the time, it's a response to oppression. Mm. Yes. So yeah, take it up with the home team. Yep. You know, (laughs) like I'm all for dismantling the patriarchy 100% because it will Uh help everyone. But like when people start having those kinds of like, uh, discourse. I'm just like, well, take it up with the home team. Like that's right. That's, I did not yeah. create this, right? Like, yeah, that's true. We're we're finding loopholes in something you created. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like this is not the fault of the matriarchy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, <laughs> so anyway, right. So Steed's thought. upset. Steed's like, what do you mean? Did she? You know, uh, my thing is, what do you expect, dude? That right. you leave and everything just stays the same. Mm-hmm. That she's just waiting for you to return. Mm-hmm. Like. I want to punch him at this point. I'm like, really? You didn't expect yeah. anything to happen? Yeah, I agree. I no, I know. I know. And again, like <laughs> with the flashbacks, like he's remembering being close to his family, even though like he doesn't mm-hmm. always remember it this way. Like it's just it shows like how changing his mood is and like yes. how dependent on his mood his his recollections of events really mm-hmm. are. Um yeah, yeah. Steed, Steed is very flawed in so many ways, and this is yes. one of them, I think. Yeah. I just want to shake him. I'm like, seriously, she had to she had to live her life. She had to move on. Mm-hmm. You didn't think about it at all. Exactly. You, and you said you left her you left her with some land, you left her with all the money, you yeah. sold a little bit of land to to make your start or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like what did you expect? I I just yeah. I guess if she wouldn't have reported him dead would much have changed? I don't know. I, I don't honestly know. don't know either, but you know, at the end of the day, like, but she wouldn't be able to make any sort of changes in her life without his permission. Mm-hmm. But if she was widowed, yeah, exactly. then she could. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. Yeah. Honestly, like I, I'm team Mary on this, frankly. Yeah. Like, honestly, yeah. What, I don't, I just don't know what he expected. No, no. But again, I think that this is very steed, like in his, you know, he did, he just didn't think about it. Yeah. And, and being faced with that finally made him to start think about it. Like, wait a minute. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. like something I did, you know, she must, she had to go out and report me dead. She didn't mm-hmm. just continue with her life. She had mm-hmm. to do this. So mm-hmm. what, you know, what happened there? And he's actually finally thinking about some, what happened to his family instead yeah. of just pushing him down and saying, oh no, this is my family now thinking yeah. about his crew. Which he did at the very beginning of the series, remember? Mm -hmm. He's like, that's all over now. Yeah. So while he's sitting here, he's up on the top bunk and he's like pissed off. He's just kind of like ruminating and grumbling. And he, he hears Ed come back and he looks down and Ed looks up at him and his beard's gone. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. The beard is gone. Okay. The beard is gone. So first off, like Steed freaks out. Yes. 
but so we know how important the beard was to the persona. And mm-hmm. honestly, this kind of made me wish that I could have seen Izzy's reaction to it. Oh, God. Yes. I know, right? Because then, like, because oh. the persona is so important to Izzy. But I, I don't want to bring Izzy into this because this is not an Izzy moment, okay? Like, <laughs> we, we can, I can talk about that separately. But You're going to start a new podcast. It's just like... <laughs> Izzy Hans did nothing wrong and everything wrong, but he deserves all the beatings that he got because he loves it. Our Izzy means crush. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> I'm trying to think of your new podcast name. <laughs> okay. Coming back to this moment, Ed is totally okay with it. You know, he says it was over years ago. Oh, he's right. He's he, fine with his identity changing. Do you, so do you remember when I talked about Fleetwood Mac and like landslide yes. a few episodes uh-huh. ago? Uh-huh. So like, because he was afraid of changing. Well, yeah. he's over that. Like he climbed the mountain, he turned around, yes. he saw his reflection in a snow-covered hill, and he's like ready to literally like sail through the changing ocean tides. Yes. Like he chose as long Steed. as Steed's with him. Exactly. He is willing to do anything and he's resilient. He's a person of color. You know, he is an indigenous person who mm-hmm. his mother was in service. He has had to adapt and change. Yeah. He has had to accept the fate that he's given and ride through it. And he's ready to do it as long as Steed's with him. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's just right. like, yeah, this is over. Plus, he was done being Blackbeard. He was tired of it anyway. He was. Not to mention Taika Watiti hated the beard. So he said yeah. it was really uncomfortable to act in. So he's probably really happy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, I mean, I, this what you just said kind of reminds me of all of the Lord of the Ring actors like back yeah. in the day who were like, oh, this is the worst, you know, like. Yeah. Steed is having a really hard time with oh, the beard yeah. being gone. Yeah. And uh, again, kind of want to shake Steed in this whole episode because I'm, I'm afraid that the persona was who he was enamored with and not the person. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? It okay. makes me really okay. sad. <laughs> yeah. For sh- oh my goodness. I never saw it this way. For me, that's Izzy. You know? Izzy is enamored with the persona rather than the person. Mm-hmm. But like Steed saw Ed for who he was from the beginning because he never, yeah. the first time that he meets Ed, it's Ed, it's not Blackbeard. And I yeah. think that that makes yeah. a whole lot of difference. And I have some thoughts about that, but I'll, I'll keep them for a little bit later. Just, just yeah. a little bit later. Um, but uh, Oh yeah, for sure. If you're seeing it that way, then that's heartbreaking. Yeah. yeah and, I, and, and yeah, a little bit later, I'm not quite sure, but I'm just, I'm really uneasy because like, I love Ed too much to see his feelings like unrequited mm. and I don't think they are necessarily. Oh no, they're not. But, no, 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 they're not. But I no. just feel like, I don't, I don't know. It just breaks my heart. I'm like, no, I'm a happy ending person. Like you have yeah. to give me the happy, fluffy ending. And it's just breaking my heart. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't, I don't think that this is what we're getting here. But like the, yeah. the thing is, what I will say is that I think those two events coincide, but mm. they're not related. Okay. Um, yeah. The way in which they're related doesn't have to do with, in my, in my reading, right? And I don't want to say like anybody's other, anybody else's reading is wrong, but like in my reading of it, Steed sees Ed without the beard and he feels like he broke him. Yeah, I can see that. And that's what Chauncey says later. Exactly. Like, there you, you go. For me, like, that's ruin. where the key is. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, that's where the key is. And I don't and think... And I think it's really important that Ed is like, no, 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 I'm, ha- I'm cool with this. Look, I'm folding yeah. stuff. you have anything that needs folded? Like... Yeah. Uh, but it's just like, oh, honey, just be happy with him. But yeah, I, that's a me thing. I need fluffy. I need yeah, happy. <laughs> no, and I totally get that. Honestly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, usually me too. <laughs> yeah, and there yeah. has to be like a really good narrative reason for me to enjoy angst and enjoy yeah. like star-crossed lovers kind of things. Because yeah, yeah. uh, I, I don't really like those tropes. But this, I... Th- I think it's really well done. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so it I'm like, really okay, well I enjoy done. it. And I, I think I also trust the show in a way that maybe I shouldn't. True. <laughs> I don't know, but I trust the show to know that, you know, I don't know. I really, I, maybe I shouldn't trust them. I don't know. No, I mean, I, again, am I going to get hoodwinked by the fandom? And then at the end be like, will you all promise me a love story? The, mm. And, 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 and this is a comedy, not a tragedy. Comedies yeah. mean happy endings. So don't fuck with me here. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And we've just, just like for our listeners who are listening to this, like we've talked about this, but like, I know what happens in episode 10 for some reason. It's the one I know the most about. I don't know why, but you I do don't. Not. I do not know. Okay. Yeah. I have, I have avoided it all. Like I've seen clips of like, um, just some of the characters that mm-hmm. I know I haven't seen yet, okay. but not any sort of context or, or any actions or anything like, okay. um, yeah. So I won't even say what I saw. No, nope, that's fine. We'll talk yeah. about it next episode, but I just, yeah. it's just to kind of like explain our respective reactions to this particular yes. moment, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and Ed says it's kind of comforting once you get her, get your mind around it. Like yeah. he's, he, you know, he has been the leader. He has wanted to shed this title of Blackbeard for so long that he's mm-hmm. like, yeah, someone tell me what to do and I do it and they're happy with me and I get three square meals a day and I get a cot to sleep in. Like, fuck yeah, yeah give me, sign me up for that. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, you know, he's in a totally different place than Steed is regards to all that. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. Steed thinks that he, at first he's like, oh, did you, did you take the, the beard and you're going to make fake heads out of it. Like, Mm. is this a, all a big plan? And he's like, no, but Ed does notice that Steed kind of runs off and he's, he seems a little worried. Like, well, shit, you know, am I playing this wrong? Like, Mm -hmm. am I going to lose this guy all over again? Even though I've, you know, given up everything for him. Right. So then we cut to the revenge, which has apparently been given to Izzy. (laughs) And he's dining at this little tiny table for one with a white tablecloth uh, Fang and Ivan are flanking him and he's talking about how, you know, he, he's a fair captain and, and he's making the crew like push this big wheel in the center. I don't even know what it's for. This, <laughs> uh, he probably doesn't, it probably has it's no... got to do with the anchor. It's, it's, oh, okay. uh, they're pulling yeah. up the anchor. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Makes sense. And like, this has such like Denethor vibes for anybody who's seen like, <laughs> oh, yes. the third Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Um, I'm surprised they didn't have like close up of him like biting eating into tomatoes. a tomato. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, like and and that's essentially like what it is, the whole like people in power eating while others yes. are working and then taking away other people's yes. like right to food. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, and so he says he's going to name the ship Izzy's Revenge and uh we John Feeney kind of 
snickers at that, mm. which he's not the one pulling up the anchor. He's just sitting there because uh, he's not scared of Izzy and he never has yeah. been. And because Izzy's so tiny compared to him, he's like, <laughs> I could crush you like a grape. Go away. Um, but then he says, you know, oh, you're not going to be laughing when your intestines are going to be unhappy because I'm taking away your rations for a week or whatever. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's too much history there, though. He's been humiliated in front of this crew for so long. So he's mm-hmm. like has to be brutal to kind of uh, assert his power. Mm-hmm. And well, I that's mean, the that's thing. his he has bag no, anyway. <laughs> yeah, he has no goodwill from the crew. Yes. Um, I'm even surprised that Ivan and Fang are next to him, frankly. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that was interesting. Uh, they're and I guess they're just used to it. They're like, okay, let's see how this goes. Yeah, everybody I think is kind of playing along to kind of see what kind of yeah. captain is he's going to be. And to the surprise right. of no one, he's terrible. <laughs> and I love him for it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So then we cut and see that Steed has ran off and he's looking at the ocean. He sees flashbacks to playing with his children. Um, yeah. His fight with Mary about uh, going on the revenge. And so, and then we see him standing on the deck of the Revenge with the little ship in his hand and a bag. So this was his like first night after leaving his family. So he's really kind of going through it. Mm. Everything's kind of coming back to to reckon. You know, it's like all the guilt that he's felt uh, is really kind of weighing very heavily on his mind. Yeah, and uh, Blackbeard finds him. And says the fake heads weren't a bad idea. Oh. And yeah. And Steve says, oh, it was a stupid idea. I've only got stupid ideas. And, uh, you know, Blackbeard, of course, is like, no, uh, shut up. And Steve wants to know how he's handling this so well. And this is where he says, it's kind of nice to take a load off to just be Edward. Yeah. I don't know if I want to go back to the old days, just drinking all day and biting the heads off turtles or making some poor bloke eat his own toes as a laugh. <laughs> like this is, he's basically describing like the last few days that he spent with Calico Jack. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like minus the toe thing, but like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah he's like, this camera. is not, you know, and he was ready to leave Steed for, for that life just a couple yes. of days ago. Yeah. And now he's like, this is just not for me, you know? Mm-hmm. He says, I suppose what I'm saying is right now, I just want to do what makes Ed happy. Mm. And Steed says, and what makes Ed happy? And he says, these past few weeks have been the most fun I've had in ages, years, maybe ever. So I reckon what makes Ed happy is you. Oh, <sighs> I love it so much. And yeah. Uh, Steed is, is he kind of, his mouth quirks up in a smile, his eyebrows raise. He's very surprised by this. You know, I, I don't know if he's surprised by the affection or surprised by the declaration. I've never been able to really suss out if this was more of a hero worship slash deep friendship to him. I don't, you know, I don't know. I think, and and the thing is, is I'm trying not to be, I'm trying not to deny the relationship, which I'm not denying the relationship, but everyone works out their feelings at different moments. And is he still working out those feelings? Did he, you know, he obviously had a crush, but did he not realize he had a crush? And did he not realize that Ed also mm-hmm. loved him? Like, 
you know. I mean, so I, uh, I'm going to adopt like a very fanficy perspective on this because, mm-hmm. uh, in part, because the show encourages it. Yes. Um, there's nothing that says that this is their first kiss. Oh, okay. Like yeah. I have no textual evidence that this is their first kiss. Okay. Um, and to me, I think like kind of like what we were talking about with Calico Jack asking if they were buggering each other, like Mm -hmm. Steve doesn't answer and he doesn't deny it. Like it just kind of like, I don't know what you're talking about. He just kind of like, there's no confirmation that they're not right. So I I think that Steve's question or, or like in his mind, I think it's more like, I didn't know. I didn't think he liked me this much. Sure. Yeah. Rather than like, didn't think he liked me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. So, so yeah, I don't know. I think I'm seeing it a bit differently than other people, which is fine. Sure. So like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> that's the thing. Well, and that's the thing. It's okay. It's okay yeah. to, to read it differently. And you're not going to get told by the showrunners that you're wrong or stupid for it. Right. And, and I think, what and makes I think it that this nice. is the kind of like up to interpretation that I'm totally okay yeah. with. Yeah. Oh, finally, finally right? there's one that we're, that is okay. Yeah. I'm really that doesn't only not okay with one else. kind of up to interpretation really. Yes. <laughs> right? right. And that's the kind that the, the showrunners have been extremely careful to say, like, this is a romantic comedy. Yes. Not romantic. And I think that that's why I'm, I'm a lot more, comfortable in Mm -hmm. having different interpretations of the text because I'm never really straying from the original intended message. And even anyway, that's a whole other thing where I'm totally okay with straying from the original intended message usually. But in this case, I'm like, yeah, this works. Like this mm -hmm. actually works textually and it's not subversive. Yeah. Right. It's, it's just a a legitimate interpretation of the text in front of us. Sure. And for me, I'm seeing this more as a, um, as a journey of mm-hmm. self-awareness of yeah. he didn't know why he had discomfort in a married state. And now yeah, he's exactly. discovering why he didn't know why he was so drawn to Blackbeard or so intent on keeping him near him. Mm-hmm. And now he's realizing. And so I feel like this was Steed's italicized O moment, um, you know, where he's like, Oh, okay. Right. Oh, this is what I'm feeling. And then what happens through the rest of the episode is him trying to square that with the rest of his life and trying to get to a place where the demons in the rest of his life are quelled enough that he can be happy with Ed. Mm -hmm. So that's just kind of my read with it. Um, and, and, and it makes me think like if Chauncey never showed up in the second act, if he would have gone along with it and how that would have worked out. I think that the, this, the, the seeds were planted before that. They were, but I wondered if he was, if he was able to, would have he been able to work that out while still standing next to Ed's side and not running away from him? You know, I don't know. I don't know. I think that's a really good question because I can totally see it both ways. Yeah. Um, I just, I think that this, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. You know, I think we'll, we'll know, hopefully we'll know a bit more in the next episode. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, and he does say, you make Steed happy. Yeah. And, you know, he, he is definitely returning his affection. Yeah, um, oh, for he sure. He definitely yeah. leaned into the kiss. He kissed him back. Like, there's no, like, recoil. There's no, nope. you know, it, they, it is, this yeah. is his italicized O moment to me. And mm-hmm. 
you know, and even if you think they had already been doing anything before, like this is still his italicized O moment. I receiving a declaration agree. of love. You know? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah oh. certainly. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, when you've been dating for a couple of months and then like, yeah. you know, the other person is like, Oh, I love you. You know, like you make me happy. Like, yeah. Oh, thank you. Well, and you as know, broody like, as Ed has been about like, Oh, I just need to move on to here. Yeah. This is the most fun I've had in ages, yeah. years, maybe ever. Like how validating is that? That like yeah. Steve did that being mm-hmm. aboard the revenge made Ed happy. Mm-hmm. Steed made Ed happy, not just being aboard the revenge, not the crew, not the ship. Steed, Steed. himself, yeah, you, know. you make me happy. And sometimes that's so hard to hear. Yeah. Well, that it kind of makes me wonder how many times he's heard it or how many mm. times he's felt it about other people that he yes. made other people happy. Um, yeah. And I think that in that very sense, like this is the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so now cuties. Uh, Yes, yes, they're so cute. Ed proposes that they get away, start over, reset. And Steed says, I thought you were the, I thought there was no escape. And I think Ed at this point realizes that Steed's not going to be happy doing this. He needs to actually make a bold move yeah, uh, to keep Steed happy. Mm-hmm. So he says, there's always an escape. We could be gone tonight. Mm-hmm. And uh, he says, they're going to get a new boat, new names, new backstories. They'll go somewhere. They'll never find us. Maybe we'll go to China. Did you get a flashback watching this scene? Um, no. To what? Well, in <laughs> the first, in, in some of the first episodes, I can't remember exactly which one, but Steed, when Steed presents the, 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 the mock revenge to Mary, yes. he's like essentially asking her to run away with him with the kids. Yeah. 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 And like he, you know, Mary was like, uh, no, absolutely not. <laughs> And I find that in that moment, Steed also kind of reacts like that, where he's like, that's quite far away. You know, like he's yeah. unsure. Yeah. Yeah. Like Ed true. is sure, but Stead is Stead. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I thought his name was. That's how I thought his yeah. name was pronounced before I knew this. I would only see it ri- written and I was yeah. like, Stead and Ed, who are Stead they? Stead and Ed, who did that? <laughs> uh, Steed, Steed's not sure. Ed is sure, but Steed's not sure. Yeah. And that's what it gets me is, is the, is the difference of, of surety between the Mm -hmm. two is that Ed is all in now. And Mm -hmm. Steed is like, I don't know. And that's the thing in the previous episodes, Steed was all in. Yes. And Ed was like one foot out the door. Yeah. And now like it shows again, you know how, like I was talking about how well they dance sometimes, like Mm -hmm. here we're seeing like a complete lack of synchronicity in terms of like feelings and, and like, you know, doubt basically. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because Ed's already worked through that Yeah, and, you know, come out the other side and he knows mm-hmm. what he wants. And now Steed needs to work through that and come out the other side. Exactly. That's, and that's, yeah. and that's why I'm saying that I think that narratively, this is the best way that this episode could have gone because, yeah. you know, we've saw, basically we spent a whole season working through Ed's issues, Yeah, but we were, we're realizing that like we started the season with Steed's issues, but we never actually addressed those. Yeah. Yeah. We thought he would just quote, get over it. Right. But which is like yeah, kind can't. of, you know, like it doesn't work out this way. In yeah. yeah. <laughs> ever. <laughs> so yeah. like, I think that now we're kind of coming back and centering Ed, Steed a little bit more and, and kind of like taking his doubts and his wounds a bit more seriously. Mm. Yeah. Which is important. Yeah, I think so. 
Yeah. So uh, Ed says, our old lives will be gone, dead, never were. What do you say? And then he flashes to Mary when he's pretending to be asleep and says, mm-hmm. I know we never would have chosen each other, not in a million years, but all we have is this one life. Yeah. And you can read that several different ways because once he flashes back from that, he's like, yeah, that's what Mary was telling me. We only have yeah. this one life. Let's go. Mm-hmm. But also he's looking at Mary who, whose message he valued and mm-hmm. who he left, you know, to be a widow, essentially, yeah. Yeah. to be a fake widow. Yeah. And so is it the guilt that's getting to him or is it her message being reiterated? I think so. I love that. I love that the show did that because it in the concept of interpretation, there's this idea of temporality that becomes very important. So something that happens, something happens in a specific moment in time within a specific context. But then when you are in a different point of your life or just in a completely different time period, in this case, like Mm -hmm. we're talking more about individual interpretation of their own lives. So like now Steed has moved into a different part of his life. And so he's looking back at this message completely differently, Mm -hmm. right? With the new context, with new experiences that are able to inform his interpretation of the moment. And even within the episode, it shifts. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. And so like, I guess my message here is that it's okay that sometimes life experiences take on a different form once you have different tools to kind of work through them. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. So he agrees with Ed and says, yes, yeah, let's, let's do it. Uh, you know, one more bit of fuckery, I guess. Right. Yeah. And (laughs) Ed says, yeah, we'll leave it done. I'll work out all the details. You just think up some cool, cool new names. You know, and he's just very excited and he's like, and I think Ed feels it though. Ed feels yeah. his reluctance and he's like, I'll, I'll yeah. take care of everything. You don't have to do anything. You just have to show up. Like yeah. I'll plan it all. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, and I think maybe if they would have done it together, maybe this would have ended differently, but Ed is a little bit too afraid and I, you know, is it, to... but is it afraid? I, uh, because I find that a really fascinating like interpretation that you're presenting, but like, mm-hmm. I'm kind of thrown back to the bathtub moment where Steed mm-hmm. is like, what if we forgot about it all and then just moved forward as mm-hmm. if you hadn't planned to kill me? So I, th- I I saw it as like Ed trying to like um, give back to Steed and be like, I've got this the same way that you had me in that moment. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, so I sensed, I did sense some desperation um, okay, because... Yeah. He was sitting in the bunk at first and he was all calm and cool and collected and is like, no, this is our lives now. Like, that's okay. As long as we're together. And then he sees how deeply unsettled Steed is. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, okay. Let me hatch this new plan. Mm -hmm. Like, I think there's some desperation there to keep him. And he's like, I'll take care of everything. I'll plan all the details. All you have to do is show up. Like, just, okay. Don't leave me. Okay. Like, Mm -hmm. stay with me. Okay. Yeah. I don't like it, but I'll take it. No, I don't like it either. (laughs) (laughs) So we cut to the crew and they're voting for a mutiny, which Ivan and Fang are also voting to. And they're like, oh yeah, we're good. (laughs) Which is funny. Fang calls Black Pete Brown Peter, who Black Pete is noticeably not there. And he says, Brown Peter is going to be first mate. Like, no, we can't have that. 
<laughs> and he says no offense to Lucius and Lucius like no pff, I totally agree <laughs> but I love that there was like this understanding that like hey like I know that you care so much about him like it, it was there was like this yes. recognition that their relationship means something is meaningful yes. and I really liked yeah. that uh-huh. And I also loved Lucius's reaction to it. Like, yeah, he's like don't oh. worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> like, he sucks. The less power we give him, the better. Yeah, I love him, but he sucks. Right. <laughs> like this anyway. Right. So then Oluwande says uh, that they have to pick a new captain. And he says it's got to be someone we can all trust. Someone mm-hmm. who has the entire crew in mind, not just themselves. And the Swede goes, um, it's you. Oh. And Frenchie says, there's only one choice. Like, everyone's nodding their head. And Alwadi's like, no, 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 I, I don't want it. I'm officially mm-hmm. taking myself out of the running. Thank you. And Button said, well, I reckon that settles it. The only good captains are the ones who hate being captains. Mm-hmm. And uh, Roach starts chanting, captain, captain. Oh. And they're all saluting him. Like, which is just so deserved. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Like, there's nothing else to say. Like, it's just so well deserved. Yes. That moment really moved me just thinking about it now. Like, yes. I feel my voice is shaky. Like, it was just uh-huh. such a... I loved it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, we loved Alawande from the jump, and now yeah. we see that everyone else loved him, too. And I also love that this was, like, a democratic election. Yeah. Yeah. In that sense, Instead right? of, like From the pilot, it was, it was Black Pete going, well, obviously, it'll be me, you know? So... <laughs> Well, that's probably why he's not there, because otherwise, well, one, otherwise he would snitch. And two, like, he would be like, well, I should be captain. (laughs) Yes, yes. We're back at the barracks and Ed wakes up Steed and he says in in exactly two hours, this guy over here is going to come and wake you up and escort you out. You're going to meet me down at the beach and I'm going to be about a half an hour behind you, but there'll be a dinghy waiting. And Mm -hmm. so he's kind of like rapid fired giving him this, these instructions. He's like, makes sense. He's like, yeah think so and he's like all right see you down there and he says where are you going and he goes i gotta go mug a guy for a dinghy <laughs> and so he's like oh okay and so at oh. this point like i feel like he would have gone yeah i think so too i agree i feel like he would have gone and met him and mm-hmm. it would have been fine but directly after this is when chauncey comes up and holds a gun to his face and says yeah. get up and makes him walk out into the forest or wherever he says, Steed Bonnet is not a human. So mm-hmm. he's holding the gun to him and he's threatening him and he's very drunk. Yeah. And he says, you're a monster, a plague. You defile beautiful things. Oof. My dear brother, your own family. You've even managed to bring history's greatest pirate to ruin. Yeah. And you here you are, unscathed, God's perfect little rich boy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if that's not all of his insecurities made manifest, I don't know what is. Right. Like, there's just so much to tear apart in this moment. Like, it's just mm-hmm. such a a moment of absolute and complete homophobia. Yeah. Uh, you know, the whole... Defile is a huge... Yeah, plague. for that. Um, ruin. And, and, and I mean, yeah. obviously, like, because of the fandom that I come from, like it made me think of like the very touch of you corrupts when Castiel first yes. laid a hand on you in hell, he was lost. Yeah. Um, but again, moving beyond that, I'm, I'm reading this as like the way that homophobic people would speak to a gay person dating somebody that the homophobic person loves. Like yeah. they are mm-hmm. the one who corrupted their loved one into yes. queerness. And yep. I can't imagine that Steed isn't thinking about Ed in this moment. Yeah. Uh, without his beard. 
and that he is the reason why Ed is no longer Blackbeard and that he is the reason for his ruin, that it's his fault and that by going with him, he is just going to defile him more. Yeah. And he's, he's broken at this point. Oh yeah. He's just, you know, he is, he has just torn him apart Mm -hmm. and, and he, all of these things have been leading up to this crescendo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he says, I think you're right. In fact, I completely agree. Mm -hmm. And Chauncey, starts to advance on him. And that's the thing. Like he, he puts his hands down. Like he is ready to die in that He's moment. He die. is so sad, so broken that he has accepted mm-hmm. that he is about to die. And we saw him just a few minutes ago in the episode where he's like, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. And here yeah. he's like, yes, please kill me because that is what I deserve. It hasn't gotten any better. It's gotten worse. Now exactly. there's, there's a light, you know, Ed has offered him a way out, but mm-hmm. he feels again that he, wouldn't wouldn't be atoning he would just be escaping exactly so yeah he would be hurting his family even more by not going back and he would be hurting ed or that's the way Mm. he's seeing it i don't think that he's seeing it accurately in the moment i think he's seeing it through a lens of guilt and shame but yeah that's how he's feeling yeah he's completely internalized all of these nasty things people have said about him and you know he's trying to work through that and uh, Chauncey says, you don't fool me. The steed bonnet reign of terror ends tonight. And he shoots himself through the eye because he trips and falls and shoots himself through the eye. Just like <laughs> nine times high, Not which again. Is perfect. <laughs> perfect. But again, just like he took complete credit for Nigel dying, he is going to take this guilt upon himself. The reason Chauncey's dead is because of him. Yeah. And I think, you know, like, I think that there's something so incredibly. <sighs> okay. Um, (laughs) sorry. Mm -hmm. I think that there's something so incredibly queer about that in the sense Mm -hmm. that like queer people who have lived in an environment where they had to stay closeted and that they were taught that what they were was wrong Mm -hmm. will tend to internalize a lot of guilt and a lot of shame. And we're seeing it in a lot of different media where like closeted queer folks are incredibly prone to guilt. Dean Winchester. (laughs) But but this is, this is true of the queer experience as well, where I've talked to so many people who said that they related to this kind of storyline because that's also how they felt. Yeah. If, if it wasn't for you, we'd be happy. If it wasn't for you, my brother would be here. If it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be drunk right now Mm -hmm. screaming at you. So therefore that bullet that entered my head was your fault. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So of course he's going to feel guilty for Chauncey's death. And the way that he's going to tell this story, I think is going to Mm -hmm. show how he caused it somehow when Mm -hmm. he didn't. Yeah, he didn't. Um, and so, you know, that's it. That's done. Steed has to stop. He has to stop moving forward. He has to go back to the beginning and figure it the fuck out. Exactly. Like, he's like, okay, no. Like, and whether or not he's planning on going home and staying or going home and wallowing in depression. And keep in mind that I think that he's also thinking that he's doing Ed a service by not leaving with him. And so I I think, think you know, as much as I think we can both kind of like disagree with his choice in the sense that like we don't think that it's what's going to make him happy he Mm. is truly doing it with the best of intentions for everyone he's like i will go back to my family be the man that i was supposed to be whatever that means and i will let ed 
be who he is without me because I, I am the cause for all of this destruction. Mm. Well, and it's the, it's the trope. It's the sleepless in Seattle moment. It's the, Mm. was it Roman holiday was what the, they were basing that off of, you know, meet me at the top of the empire state building at, you know, eight o'clock on Valentine's day or whatever. And like, then we'll know, Mm -hmm. you know, this, they didn't, they didn't lay it out that way, but it was like, meet me down by the dock to take this dinghy and then we'll know. Exactly. And yeah. Yeah. And so, so Ed waits all night for him. And, you know, when dawn breaks, he doesn't go look for him. He doesn't assume that something's happened to him, which technically it has. Yeah. Technically, if he went to go ask that guard, that guard would have said, yeah, I tried to go wake him up. He was already gone. Like something had spilled. Like Mm -hmm. I saw him and Admiral Badminton walking away. Like, you know, that that legwork could have been done for him to realize that something went wrong. This wasn't Steed just walking away, but Ed just assumed that he left him. And I think that this kind of really gives credence to what you were saying earlier about Ed's desperation, because like it shows like it shows that that's immediately what he thought that Steed left Mm -hmm. because Ed wasn't, wasn't enough enough. Yeah. Yeah. So then when, Dawn breaks, he starts rowing back to the revenge, but don't even get me started on how he can just randomly find it. Oh, oh I mean, listen, <laughs> again, this is this one whole... of those things where I'm like, I will suspend this belief. Yes, 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 yes absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Katie, don't you know that he was just following the GPS signal to get to the revenge? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, there you go. That's, I'm fine with that. Like, yeah, there you go. That is a Apple good enough explanation. For all I care. Yes, there you go. Find my friends. <laughs> He unblocked Izzy just for that. (laughs) Of course, Izzy had never blocked him, so it's all good. (laughs) I know you have my fucking location services turned on. I know you. (laughs) Stalking me. (laughs) Um, So the crew is mid-mutiny, which... And wait, uh, hold on. Sorry. Let's go one last comment about them leaving. Okay. 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 Yeah. But basically, like, what we're seeing, like, Ed leaving and, and Steed going back to wherever he's going back at this point, we don't quite know. But, like, this is exactly what happened in the last episode, but reversed. Like, Ed mm. felt like he was obligated to Calico Jack because he saved his life. And so he left with him. And Steed yeah. feels obligated to Mary. So he goes back to her. Yeah. And I was supremely disappointed with Blackbeard. When he left yeah. with Calico Jack, I was very sad. Oh, yeah. So, and I'm very sad and disappointed here too, which yeah. I, under, I understand why they do what they do, but I just, I'm so sad. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think this is really cool. Like to kind of show like that you will make mistakes in your life and yeah. kind of like how you treat yourself yeah. with grace to kind of come back to the, mm. to the title is, is very important. Yeah. Yeah, so the crew of the revenge, of Izzy's revenge, of is Izzy's mid-mutiny. Revenges. Izzy is uh, tied up, hands tied together, feet tied together, and they are picking him up to pitch him overboard. He loved it. Oh, he he was he was excited. Yep. <laughs> I, was, I text you, I was like, yep. he's hard right now, isn't he? <laughs> yep, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> But he's screaming his head off, and he's so, he looks so little when they're all just he carrying him. So like he looks tiny. <gasps> I and, love him. Yeah. 
He deserves this, but I love him. Yes. Maybe we got off to a bad start, but what, what can I do differently? I'm open to suggestions. Pete, help like, no, me you're out. No, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. No, you're not. Stop lying. <laughs> we know you well enough to know that you're not. And Pete says, uh, for the record, I never formally accepted the role of first mate, and I fully endorse this mutiny, which is yep. great. Like, yep. good job, Black Pete. I'm so proud mm-hmm. of you. Well, I think also Black Pete endorses it because he's seeing that like no one like there's no power oh, to be gained sure. elsewhere. Like I mean, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm being too critical, but no. I mean, yeah, one would think that his relationship with Lucius kind of like endears him to the crew a little bit more, but you never know. Yes, like, I, I absolutely. I think you know yeah. it's not unhelpful. Let's yeah. put it that way. Well, and look, Lucius at the beginning of the episode was trying to endear himself to the to the English Navy. So like yes. they're not unaligned in their um looking out for themselves. Like mm-hmm. you know, they're not yeah. they're not the noble, loyal, like I'm gonna forsake my safety for you type of mm-hmm. people. <laughs> like they're like, oh no, let's stay alive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is okay. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes they don't sometimes own each other, other, remember? Yes. Correct. Um, so <laughs> it was really cute because Izzy like drops his head back so he can see Alawande behind him. And mm. he's just like, you don't have to do this. Part of a good leadership is restraint. And Alawande <laughs> says, everyone's got their own style and they're about to pitch him overboard. They're counting one, two. And then they say, wait, because on the other side of the ship, Blackbeard is boarding yeah. and he's very morose and just says, Izzy, I'll take tea in my room. Yeah. And someone says, what happened to his beard? But you just, you just think, you just know that Izzy is like, oh, my, my love, he came my to save me. Oh, yeah. Yes. He came he to save me, me and he left you. Steed Bonnet behind. <laughs> he chose oh, me. No. Oh, no, that's exactly what he thinks. No. That's exactly what he thinks. Are you kidding me? Damn it. Yeah. Izzy, that's not what happened. Mm. No. Well, try to convince him. <laughs> oh, no, I don't like it. No, I don't like it. <laughs> oh, they won't, They both went back to their spouse. They did. Oh, I hate it. They both did, it. yeah. That's exactly Ugh. what happened. So Steed opens the door to his house, mm-hmm. says, Darling, I'm home. And mm-hmm. Mary is sitting with a bunch of other women having tea. Mm-hmm. And, like, she stands up. Her cup is shaking. It's very public because he didn't approach her alone now everyone knows he's back yeah like everyone knows he's not dead because these women are all going to talk yeah you know Mm -hmm. um so this was done in a very public way (sighs) yeah because again he's thinking that like he's going to save what's happening right like he's thinking like this is my duty this is what where i'm meant to be this is where i've been told my entire life that i belong and (sighs) i will be welcome back with open arms yeah darling i'm home not (laughs) hi hello (laughs) are you here um what was your read of how mary reacts well she was what she was wearing was uh kind of masculine Mm -hmm. Uh, she has like a tie and like a vest or something on i think she's still wearing a skirt but like it's very much not what we've seen her in before. Right. And so to me, that kind of signals that she's kind of embraced this life yeah. a little bit more. She's a little bit more herself. There's a little bit more queerness to her, I believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't think she's happy. I don't think so either. No, I don't <laughs> think she's, she's happy like, oh, that he's back. Fuck. Yeah. Oh, God dang it. 
uh, you know, she wasn't happy in the marriage anyway. So, Mm -hmm. and the only information, the only new information we have is that she reported him dead, which I think was just a calculated thing on her part. You know, Mm -hmm. it wasn't, it wasn't to insult him. It wasn't to besmirch him. It was to free herself and no one can blame her for that. Well, I mean, he had freed himself of her by leaving. And so she was freeing herself of him by declaring him dead. And, you know, I think it should have worked out that way. She's the one who continually through this series says, we only have this one life. We need to do something with it. So her of all people deserve to go live her one life. Yeah, there you go. And I think, again, at the time when she said it, she was trying to like make the best of this particular situation. But then the moment that he left, she was like, okay, well, I've only got this one life. You know, like Mm -hmm. her interpretation of her own words changed. Yeah. And that's, that's great. It actually reminds me of something that one of my exes once said to me when they Mm -hmm. were like, I, I kind of like, this was after we had broken up and I, I can't remember exactly what led to this conversation. This was a little while after where Mm -hmm. they were like, well, I gave you the gift of freedom. (laughs) (laughs) And at the time I did not see it that way, but frankly, now I'm like, yeah, thanks. (laughs) And I think that that's what happened to Mary also. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. That's true. Oh my goodness. Oh, how magnanimous of them. Yeah, exactly. How magnanimous (laughs) of them to have given me the gift of freedom, you know, through breaking my heart. (laughs) (laughs) It's not yours to give, buddy. Yeah. Oh, but like, that's, that's basically what Mary is, is kind of living. And that's just like, ah, crap, he's back. You know? Yeah. Could you not have just leave, left me with my gift of freedom? (laughs) Yeah. Right. <laughs> I didn't send you a thank you note. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Mary, do you have any predictions about this season finale? Now we know it's not the series finale. It's the season finale. Exactly. Now we know it's not the series finale, which is really good. I'm very happy yeah. about that. So I, I know what happens with Ed, so I'm not going to comment on that. But okay. I think... And because I, I don't know what happens exactly with Steed, but I will say that I think that he's going to realize that Mary and the kids are doing just fine without him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I hope what I hope for is that the 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 interactions between Steed and Mary are going to be positive ones. OK. And yeah. that they're going to realize that by being themselves, they have a much better relationship than by trying to be the people that they thought the other wanted them to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That like maybe they can actually have a friendship by being themselves. Um, yeah. So instead of being the person that he hallucinates judging him and being nasty to him, maybe yeah. she can be a support to him. Right. Exactly. Because I don't think that she, you know, I think that the him. reason why she was, she, he was seeing her this way is because he perceived her to be this way, but not necessarily yeah. because she was this way. Kind of like the, the what yeah. we were discussing about him being an un- unreliable narrator. So yeah. I'm excited to really see Mary. Me too. Basically. Me too. For who she is. Me too. Yeah. I hope um, that he can realize that going back to the life he was unhappy in isn't the answer. Oh, one hundred percent, absolutely. You know. Yes, sorry, that was the, like oh, no, no, the no. underlying message of what I was trying to say. Yeah. But yes, I absolutely yeah, agree absolutely. with that. I mean, going back to the place that made you flee in the first place—how is that ever the answer? But exactly, uh, sometimes you do go back with a new perspective. But I just yeah. don't. I don't think that that's. I think sometimes here. maybe you do that in order to say a proper goodbye. Yeah, 
Yeah, so let's hope this... So next episode, proper goodbye to your old life. Mary's yeah. fine. The kids are fine. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see some time with the kids because I do feel sorry that they lost their father. Right. Um, when they and seem I, especially to really because like they've him. grown up with him. Yeah, and I, I hope yeah. that there's going to be some sort of understanding of like, I'll send you like news of the children mm. kind of thing, you know? Like, just yeah. so that there's that like this... Nice. this um, possibility for reconnection in yes. on new terms, right? Yeah. Kind of like the way that we would think of like, um, shared custody today and not necessarily that he would be taking the children on a pirate ship because that would be very dangerous, <laughs> but just kind of like right. where they're both that, you know, he's not completely cutting them off and vice versa. Yeah. That would be nice. Yeah. What about Ed? Tell me what you think is going to happen with Ed. <sighs> Okay, I want the last episode to be a reunion. Maybe Jim helps Steed find Ed, because I, I need to oh, see Jim. Okay. Yeah, like, Jim. Jim, oh, that's true. And, you know, Steed and Ed sailing off in the sunset aboard the Revenge. That's what I need to say. Okay. <laughs> I, I need to see it. <laughs> okay. Um, and then Izzy realizing that he can't so easily split them up, and maybe he'll try harder, maybe he'll accept it, maybe he'll just be the, the Revenge's oh. grump. <laughs> I I want Izzy to be degraded the way that he likes to be. <laughs> he deserves it. Yes. Yeah. So there's going to be some sort of reckoning, I think, with Ed and Izzy, um, especially now that he's lost his beard. I don't know how Izzy's going to kind of mm-hmm. perceive that. Yeah, I agree with you. And I have some thoughts about that. Like, I'm very excited to see that because, of course, I have like some fangirl Izzy thoughts, but I also have some very serious thoughts about it. Um, yeah. because of the way that we've characterized Izzy in the past, uh, and mm-hmm. his relationship with, with Ed or with Edward or with Blackbeard, because he doesn't have a yeah. relationship with Ed. Right. Um, right. so I think that that will be very interesting to see. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I need to see some sort of resolution with Jim. Like I said, like hopefully yeah. Jim rejoins the crew of the revenge and that's a really tall order for 30 minutes of, it's a t- of TV. <laughs> hey hey <laughs> i can want what i want the heart you wants can what want wants. what you want <laughs> absolutely i've 100%. written a wish list santa doesn't have to bring me all the gifts just... <laughs> <laughs> okay all right so we've just likened uh david jenkins to uh, santa yes. cool, 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 yes. cool, 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 cool. i'm sure he would love I it i want a pony i want a pony now Daddy, Daddy, I want a squirrel. We just watched Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, Daddy, I want a squirrel now. (laughs) How about we head to the shore for a message in the bottle? Sounds great. This message reads. It's like they took one look at every show that ever queerbaited us, wrapped us in a fluffy blanket, handed us a cup of hot tea with way too many sugars in it, and said, It's okay, sweetheart. We've got you. We won't let them treat you like that anymore. And then shoved every single queerbaiter overboard, and probably did some homosexual makeouts to celebrate. It made me feel seen. It made me feel valued both in society and as a consumer of stories. It has meant more to me than I can actually put into words. Because giving value to my very life is worth more than words could rightly justify. Mm-hmm. What a powerful message. Yeah. You know, I I think this show for me was kind of like, or has been anyway, sort of like a reset of expectations in so many mm-hmm. ways. Because, you know, we didn't spend hours talking about 
trying to justify our reading, our romantic yeah. readings of queer couples. Like we just talked about it. Yeah. Um, and that's just, it's sad that it's 2022 and that felt revolutionary, but it felt yeah. revolutionary. So and every journey starts with one step. So let's right. hope that this continues and mm -hmm. more media is like that. I mean, we have Heartstopper and mm -hmm. uh, there's a new vampire thing coming yeah, out on First Netflix. First Kill is coming That's out. A there's sex relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I've also heard amazing things about Love, Simon uh, in terms okay. of, you know, more teen, teen queer stories for those yeah. who are interested. So, yeah, those those are all great shows yeah and so i'm excited that you know there's going to be more to choose from that mm -hmm. this one has probably been the most explicit and the most um accessible for everyone mm -hmm. and charming mm -hmm. and beautiful and i mean you can argue opinions because heartstopper was charming and beautiful and accessible as well sure yeah there uh, you go but yeah. And we can't forget black sales also from what I understand. Oh yeah. 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 So yeah. And there's a lot of it that I haven't consumed, so I can't really speak to it. Mm -hmm. Um, but just shows like this are revolutionary and hopefully one day soon they won't be considered revolutionary. Yeah, exactly. So, I think, yeah. I think, I think that this also like for me personally has made me more like less likely to consume shows where there is, you know, people playing with queer themes without ever actualizing them. Yeah. Um, and it's I, hard when you want to get in on a show when it's still airing because mm -hmm. you have to put trust in showrunners. Exactly. And look how much we've been burned by that. Yeah, uh, exactly. So, 100%. Yeah. Even like how yeah. close they come to it. Like it's anyway. Ugh. Yeah. But just the thought of feeling seen, sometimes that's such a, you know, this desire to show your true self to the world and be accepted mm -hmm. for it and to be seen by it, by the world for it. And, you know, some people want to hide it and want to keep it private and that's okay. But other people's want, other people want to feel like it's okay and normal and right and good. And this show yeah. does that. Yeah, exactly. And it's, yeah, it's such a gift. And I'm so glad that we, we've, went through it like this. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. I know. Same. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Thank you for visiting the Gentleman Pirates Library. Please do wash your hands before reading. Who knows what kind of dirt you found on the deck. Please also subscribe and leave us a rating wherever you get your podcasts. You can send us a message in a bottle using the link in our show notes and Twitter bio. Speaking of Twitter, you can find us at Gentleman Pirate. That's the word gentleman, P-I-R and the number eight. We'll be back next week with our coverage of Book 10. What happened when Bluebeard fell overboard in the Red Sea? Um, he turned purple. Uh, close. He got marooned. <laughs> <laughs>
(laughs) (laughs) I love it. Yes. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.